This is going to be a different intro about today's episode because this was a different episode. It's a free-for-all Friday. It was me talking the whole time. Uh, I wiped my tears and my snots on my sleeve about four times. We talked about why. We talked about gratitude. We talked about my childhood, a little bit of my story with my father, and we talked about me being in alignment and clear and in integrity with how I show up in the world from this point forward in the best way possible. And I even recorded a diary entry on the podcast while talking to you. And so it's a really amazing episode based on how I feel right now. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you like it. And I'm just grateful that you're here and listening. And so it's my heart on a sleeve. I'm a little nervous, but I posted it anyways. So I think it's time to cue the episode. Thank you. Enjoy. And I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Mind of George show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com, and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show. Welcome back. I think I got to figure out a new intro. Like, I want to know, what should I say at the beginning of every episode? Like Peter McKinnon to YouTube, he does this thing like, what's up, everybody? And other people, I don't know, people do a lot of stuff and I feel like I say things and I don't realize it, but I think I want a consistent intro to start the shows. And so if you're listening to this, well, I guess you would be listening to this to hear me say this. So that was a silly thing to say. If you have any ideas, hit me up, DM me, whatever, text me if you have my number. I want to know, like, what should I say? Like, good morning, everybody, or welcome to another episode of The Pink Shoes, or what's up, or happy bacon. Like, I actually want something consistent. I don't know why. I got a nickname the other day, and it's the first nickname that I've stuck. So here's a here's a confession before I get into today's episode. To the reason I'm telling you stories right now is because I'm nervous. I am nervous as shit. This is a free-for-all Friday. This is a Friday episode. This is uh, one of the first Friday episodes without a guest. And this is the only Friday episode where I'm just sharing like a diatribe uh, from the top of my brain. And it's a really, really powerful one. It's about wise, uh, business, meaning, growth. And hopefully it's inspiring and encouraging for you to keep going. And so I'm telling you stories right now because I'm a little nervous and I cried before I hit record. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, it's going to be one of those days. And so real quick, most of my life, um, I've never been nicknamed anything. Like nobody ever really had nicknames for me. Like I always was jealous. Like I, I know so many people that have like the coolest nicknames and they were all given to them. And I didn't really have consistent friends as a kid. I was bullied a lot, beat up a lot. I had one or two really, really close friends and best friends that I loved to pieces, but they weren't kind of the nicknaming type. And then I was like, oh, when I go into the military, I'm going to get nicknamed. And you want to know what's funny is I did get nicknamed. I got nicknamed my 11th year in, no, my 10th year in out of 12. And it took 10 years for somebody to nickname me the PT devil, the physical training devil, because I was so obsessed 
with working out. Um, obviously, I was running from my demons, and I really wanted to be in amazing shape, but I pushed it. I did things that like you should never, I would never do again, like doing a burpee broad jump mile in Afghanistan or taking a seven-ton tire, and I don't even know how much it weighs, and flipping it for two miles, which took me like six hours. Like I did silly stuff, and then I was like, I always wanted to be the best. So finally, my peers... It wasn't even my Marines. It was my peers nicknaming the PT devil because they never wanted to come when I was in charge of training. And so I got that one. But then anything else, like I've always nicknamed myself. Like I wear pink shoes. I'm like, hey, nickname me. I'm like, I always wear hoodies. Like nickname me. But I've, I don't know, like I've never been nicknamed. And then I created this lighthouse concept inside of the business. And then everyone's like, you're the lighthouse. I was like, yeah, but I created that. I created that. And then literally out of the blue the other day, um, and they might listen to this podcast um, out of the blue, uh, one of my amazing mastermind members and team members and copywriter Alex was like, Hey man, I got to tell you, my friend and I have a nickname for you. And I got so excited. Like I couldn't even let in on how excited I was. I got so excited. And it's like this secret little Well, Really? It's like this unhooned, un unhealed wound as a child. Like I just want to be seen. I don't know. It's this weird thing. I'm good with it now, but I got really excited. Like, let's just leave it at that. I got really excited. And he told me, and then I was kind of blown away and I've been giddy ever since. And I was like, how do I embody that? Like, how do I own that? I don't know. And then I messaged the guy who he told me about that came up with me and it was a massive compliment. It was really exciting and it was kind of interesting. I didn't even know how to take it, but they nicknamed me the white mamba, the white mamba. And obviously Kobe Bryant um, was the, the mamba and that mamba mentality. And they nicknamed me the white mamba. And I don't know. I love it. it <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I don't know what to do with it. I'm not going to run out and be like, oh, I'm the white mamba. I'm not going to put it like a jersey or anything, but it's just this really interesting thing. And so, yeah, that was a loop that I opened because of how to intro these things correctly. I always like kind of struggle back and forth of what to say when I close off because I don't want to script it, but I really like relationships beats algorithms is, is my thing. And I really believe that to my core, like that would go on my headstone. Like it's what I want part of my legacy to be. But a nickname is one of those things. Like I was like, God, I wish I just kind of had a nickname. I don't know. That's that's it. That's it. So <laughs> I'm totally. Thanks for listening to me ramble for four minutes. So today's episode is about wise. It's about wise. Wise, the meaning of wise, my history of wise. And the reason is, is because the day this episode releases is February 5th. And February 5th is my father's birthday. And so... Um, my father played a very critical role in my life and in many different facets and the role changes based on the level of healing I've done as an adult, but there's just things that I reflect on and think about. So first, if you've never read the book, start with why by Simon Sinek, you should, if you've never read the book, vivid vision by Cameron Harold, you should. One of the biggest reasons I struggled for years in life and in entrepreneurship is because I didn't have any long goals. Zig Ziglar talked about this a ton. And he said, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, I've never met somebody depressed or with anxiety that had a long-term clear goal. I've only met people that were depressed or with anxiety because they weren't clear on where they wanted to go. And when I think about my past, my journey, my life, every moment where there was a struggle, 
where there was resistance, where there was depression or anxiety was due to my disconnection from a goal and measuring the moment. I was measuring the moment and I struggled. I would say I struggled for 35 years to really accept who I was as a human. And, and I still struggle today. Like I had some tears this morning with my wife and a disagreement and not because of my wife, but because of my insecurity. Um, there's still a lot of work that I practice on myself with consistency of putting in the work of releasing codependent tendencies, releasing my insecurities, my constant need for validation. Um, basically all those things that I wanted as a child that I never got that now I've created a world as an adult that I want to get, but then I do it at the detriment of other people. And then it makes me look dumb and insecure and it makes other people feel like they don't matter and that they're not important all because I have this little three-year-old inside of my body that just wants to be seen. And here's what's beautiful about this is now what I've realized is that the moment I get clear on my sovereignty, on my world, on my vision, on where I want to go and I'm clear on why I want to do it, that little boy feels loved because I'm loving myself. I'm like, look, you're building this. You're doing that. Go and fill your tank and be there. And I've also realized that every moment that I've had a struggle or I've projected or I make condescending comments or I use sarcasm as a way to not authentically share my feelings is because I'm disconnected from my why, from my why. And so today is about whys. And I talk about whys all the time and I talk about whys all the time because I want to surround myself with it because I feel like I still have a lot of practice to embody it. And there's times that I feel like a walking incongruency because I do struggle with daily practices. Sometimes I do struggle with getting really, really deep into my why. My why scares me. My why scares me. And so what I've noticed is that the most success in business, the most success in my relationships, the most success in my mindset has come from when I'm willingly plugged into my why. And when I willingly plug into my why, I feel safe knowing that I'm doing the work that I want to be doing and I'm building what I want to be building and only I am responsible for doing that. And it's the moments I get disconnected from that why in business, in life, in relationships and friendships that that little boy comes out unhealed and wounded, screaming for attention. And I'm actually creating the opposite vision of what I want by not being connected with my why. And so why are why so important? For me, they're important because it's the unlimited fuel source right? Like we think about entrepreneurship, we think about business, you know, we're doing things that haven't been done before. We're creating paths that haven't been paved before. We're clearing a road that's nobody's ever cleared before. We're driving through a mountain that everybody said was impassable. We're, you know, like we're launching iPhones. We're going to the moon. We're doing these things. And in those things are guaranteed resistance. There's guaranteed roadblocks. There's guaranteed flat tires. Like it's not of like, oh, I hope it doesn't happen. It's a, it's a matter of when, not if, right? And I have noticed that every time 
I've been hit with resistance or a roadblock or even this year of almost losing it all during the world or last year during the craziness of the world, the moment I plug into my why, I look at it as like a chapter in the book or just a fumble in the game and I can play another play. But when I'm disconnected from my why, I look at it like it's the world ending and I've taken it personally. And I'm like, lost that deal, lost X amount of dollars, lost that business, my world's ending, what am I doing? Oh my God, like, uh. But the moment I can get grounded in my why and I can look at it in a bigger picture, if I can look at it in the infinite game, right? That's the other book recommendation I'm gonna make by Simon is the infinite game. When I look at it in a... Hey, this is a blip in a 10-year, 20-year, 30, 40-year game. And this is why I said I wanted to do what I'm doing. And the moment I can plug into, I said I wanted to do this for this reason. Is this a part of the game to achieve this vision in this infinite game? And the answer is yes. It always grounds me and brings me back to center and brings me back to focus. And for me, it's like the keel. Like if you have a sailboat, you know, there's a really deep keel that keeps the boat from flipping over. It goes deep in the water and the bigger the boat, the bigger the keel and it holds it constant. It's ability to like use wind as a tool and a propellant instead of wind as the thing that flips the boat over is the keel. It's that rudder that's deep, deep, deep down that's holding it there and it's turning resistance into a tool. And in my opinion, wise turn resistance into a tool. They turn resistance and what could be seen as shortcomings or challenges or failures into possibilities and momentum and positive things based on the depth of your rudder, or in this case, your why. And so for me, when I look back at when business got started to get really easy, business started to get really easy when I was really, really clear on why I was doing what I was doing and I would check in with it daily. And so whys have played a very critical part in my life and they've played a part of my life and a lot of lives of other people around me, like personal development trainings I've done, men's work, um, couples work, embodiment work, meditation practices, plant medicine work. Like there are so many modalities of like the things that we look out to every day and that we practice every day that are all rooted in this deep meaning of why and unattached to the outcome. And in that moment is when the outcome is created because we are aligned and aligned and aligned and aligned. And so for me, the importance of today, um, when this episode drops is there's a lot of healing still. There's a lot of reparenting. There's a lot of practice. And I got emotional a couple minutes ago and it's great that I got emotional. I realized that there's a lot of times I talk about the game because I'm afraid to play the game. There's a lot of times that I'll throw a play to somebody else because I'm afraid to run that play. And there's a lot of times that I hide in the familiarity of not being on the field instead of just getting on the field. And this is one of those moments. This is one of those moments. It's one of those moments where... I realized that I say and I've said to my wife, to my friends, to my family, to my team, why we're doing this and what we're building. But the moment I'm not around them, I'm on the struggle bus 
playing mind games with myself, really avoiding the acceptance of my vision because it scares me, really avoiding the acceptance of my vision because there's still parts of myself that I get to accept. And I will say that in the years of me doing this, and I've been blessed to have the career that I've had and becoming a consultant and being behind the scenes of all these businesses, all the way up to multi-billion dollar businesses and being friends with all these people is that the one, one true secret to success that I've seen, the one commonality that every single successful person that I look up to, that I idolize, that coaches me, that I know in my own success has come down to a relentless pursuit of self-awareness, self-healing, and self-sovereignty. And my ability to be self-aware and then put it into practice only is possible for me when I am really clear on why I am here, why I exist, and why I'm doing what I do. And so that's my practice. That's the thing that I'm working on. And so I couldn't have thought of a better day, a better time, a better episode to talk about it and kind of have a Mind of George podcast confessional because it really is simple. It really, really is. It really, really is. And so why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? Well, for years, I've been telling people that I do what I do so that my kids can have a better life. It's true. I've been telling people I do what I do so I and my wife can break a pattern of generational abuse and uncertainty and some of the stuff that I grew up with and do something different. True. Why do I really do what I do? Because I'm scared and me doing what I do allows me to reparent and grow on my own without having to publicly own it. By helping other people, I'm secretly helping myself, but I'm not doing this for my kids because I'm here recording this and not spending time with my kids. And that's not the conversation I'm having, but it's a matter of priority. And so what I've realized now is that why do I do what I do? Well, I am pursuing my passion and alignment so that I can heal myself through helping the world and business and entrepreneurs and everything that I do do to then be solid and become a servant and become a true giver. And I believe in my heart that I'm a true giver. I believe in my heart that I give away from the best places. But there are times that I give away from the best places and then I'm left with feelings that don't aren't ideal because in the moment it was from the best place, but it opened up a wound of, wow, I still felt that. I was still attached to that. I was still there. And so, you know, for me, when I look at my why, why do I wake up every day? Why do I do what I do? Number one is even through the depths of darkness and depression and anxiety that I've experienced, even through the addictions and the pain um, and the codependency and the 12-step programs and the sex and love addicts abuse and anonymous and all these things through all of it, like through all of it. I believe in my heart that I belong here and I will never take that for granted ever. And in that though, I realize that every day I have to choose to live or I'm just slowly dying. 
And if I'm not in the pursuit of my growth, then I'm just stagnating. And my pursuit of my growth is not fast. It's not like a hundred. There's days it feels like a one. There's days it feels like a 50. And then I'm told that it's a two, but it's the pursuit of it. So my why number one is that I genuinely believe that I belong here, that I can make a difference and that all of my life experiences have given me a particular set of skills and tools to first heal myself to then give it away. And then the second reason I'm here is to heal that self, to become self-aware, self-practicing, self-sovereign, whatever I said earlier that rhymed, and then show up in a manner for my family in the same context that allows them in their power and in their happiness and in their true forms and in their true selves and then I can give that away to entrepreneurs and businesses. But my true defined why right now, in this moment, on this day that I am recording this and this day that you are listening to this, it will be the same. My current why is summarized as my pursuit of self-awareness and self-acceptance. And the practice of building myself into an asset. That's my why right now. That's my why right now. And that's a why that I believe in. That's a why that I can stand behind. That's a why that when things get bad or business gets tough or feedback gets hard, that I'm still willing to lace up my shoes and get back on the field. And that's the point of a why. In my opinion, a why is the North Star. A why is that thing that when my head is down, when the, the cards seem to be stacked against me, when I'm wallowing in my crap, boo-hoo me, everything's there, I take a breath for a moment and I get a glimmer in my eye and it forces me to look up and I look up into the sky and I see the night sky and I see that North Star. That's my why where I'm staring at the ground, moping, not realizing the beauty and potential around me just because I'm not looking in the right direction, that's my why. And that's how I see whys. And I practice my why. And my current level of growth is embodying my why. Like from it going from words on a paper to believing it in my soul. To going from words to beingness and action, to be silent but still embody it, to be in people's presence and have them feel light and love and heart, not that little three-year-old boy who's caged thinking that everybody's going to hurt him and that he has to be the best at everything so that somebody likes him, which then prevents him from actually serving people and creates that self-fulfilling prophecy. And so that's my practice. That's my why. That's what I think about wise. And the other note that I had before I tell you a story was where gratitude fits into the why. I feel like gratitude is rocket fuel for wise, which is why I don't practice gratitude enough. I've intentionally, but made it look unintentional avoided practicing gratitude in my writing and in my daily practice and in my 
relationship with others because every moment I practice gratitude, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it makes me really vulnerable, but it also propels my results forward. And part of this pursuit of my why and my business and my growth is self-awareness to where I'm finding the patterns in my life that are sneaky or that I've chosen to keep because it's more comfortable than it is pursuing something different. And so gratitude is like rocket fuel for whys. It supports the why. It reinforces the why. And then it rocket fuels the why and its implementation to life to get results because it's a forced perspective. It's a positive perspective. It's like, and I'm pretty woo-woo about this. The moment you're clear on your why or the moment I'm clear on my why, the moment I'm clear on my why and I have a gratitude practice, it's like everything around me conspires for me to be successful because I'm in alignment. If I'm having a gratitude practice, but I'm not connected to my why, nothing works. If I have my why, but I'm not grateful and aware of what's around me and having gratitude practice, nothing works. When I'm clear on my why and I have a gratitude practice, I feel like a superhuman, which is why I'm recording this podcast. I did a live video on our Facebook group the other day about being congruent and I cried a little bit and I was sad because I felt incongruent. I felt misaligned. I felt like I was talking about what should be done without showing what was actually happening. And I've been rebuilding and doing everything that we should be, but I haven't been talking about it because it made me feel wrong and bad and shameful, made me feel not good enough. Uh, and it was really exacerbating that little wound inside of me because I've intentionally ignored my why and my gratitude practice and the pursuit of it. And so there's been a lot. And so this podcast, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to realign myself. And so that's what I'm doing with this episode. I'm realigning myself. I'm realigning myself. I know my why. I know my why. And I have so much to be grateful for in my life. My wife being the number one who also gets the short end of the stick when I'm in my crap and insecure. My children who are an absolute gift to witness growing into their own people my friends and my team that stand in everything and this vision and possibility with me while accepting me as I am and riding this roller coaster with me, you listening to this right now for deconstructing a bad paradigm or belief or image that I've had around myself and also the the belief that when I'm raw and vulnerable and authentic, that it's okay. And you've shown me that over and over and over again. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're so authentic. You're so vulnerable. And I was like, yeah, because you guys are all so amazing about holding space and being a part of my journey as well. And I just have so much to grateful for that I wanted to really plug into today. And so why does this happen? Like, why am I here? Why am I talking about this? And why am I doing this on my father's birthday? Because my father's no longer here. Rest in peace, dad. Um, 
And my father played a pivotal role in my life. And I've talked about my father so many times, both in a really negative capacity and in a really positive capacity, but never in a really empowered, mature, enlightened, observant capacity. And so I'm going to do that right now just because that's what feels good to me. And if you don't mind, well, you're listening to this. I'm just going to talk out loud to my dad. So dad, Leslie Gould Bryant, I miss you a lot. I miss you a lot. I missed you a lot when I was a kid. I missed you when I was adult and I miss you even more when you're not here now that you're not here. And I know that life wasn't easy when I was a kid. I know how hard you worked. I know how much you sacrificed for our family. And I also know how many demons that you had and you didn't have the support to face. I know how proud you were of me, even though I pretended like I didn't. I knew how much you loved and cared about me, even though I told people that you didn't. I used our childhood as a convenient excuse to still feel broken. Well, I know in my body and my brain and my heart that you gave me every tool needed to be the best version of me and gave me tools that I didn't think you could give me given the demons that you had and you are a rock star for doing that. I pushed you away when you wanted to be close because I didn't know how to share my feelings. I pushed you away when you were leaning in to grow because I was fighting my own demons and wasn't ready to beat them. I lied because I resented you. And then the moment I was away from you, I missed you greatly and just wanted you to love me and me to love you and it to all be good. And this pattern still plays out in my life today because this is a wound that I haven't healed yet. And so I'm doing it right now in the place that scares me the most to do it. I miss you. And I am grateful that you are my father. And I am proud of you for working on yourself and doing the work that you did. I am proud of you for fighting your demons and beating your demons. I am proud of you for reinventing yourself and always leaning in. And I am so proud of you for never quitting. And I am so sorry that I would take that away from you. I am so sorry that I would spin negatives about the positives. I am so sorry that I did not find or choose to see the silver linings because I was too wounded and it was easier to blame you and project on you than it was to own my own demons. I'm sorry. I am sorry. You gave me a lot. 
and you gave me more than enough ingredients and guidance and leadership on what a father could be and should be <clears throat> than many other people that I know. And I've spent most of my adult life, even until this day, diminishing that so I could stay stuck in thinking that I'm broken or that something's wrong with me and take the shortcut. So no more. No more. And we had our issues, Dad. We had our fights. <laughs> we had we had our blows. We had our growth. And I resented you because I am you. And I had a skewed image of you, which made me refuse to accept myself. But I'm proud to be your son and I'm proud to be me. You were an amazing man. And I am so sorry, so sorry that I ever portrayed that any differently. I am an amazing man. And I have refused to accept that. And when things have happened in life, in business, in my marriage with my kids, that three-year-old boy comes out so scared of losing everything that he just gets angry and mad at the world. And it's because I haven't known how to communicate with you. It's because I've never told you how I felt. And the truth is, Dad, is that you loved me. But for whatever reason, even at a young age, I couldn't feel that love. And I know that that wasn't because of you. And as I've grown and done the work I've done, I've now realized that I didn't even know what it felt like. I didn't know what it took and I didn't know how to love myself. And you loved the crap out of me. <laughs> you loved the crap out of me. <laughs> I remember I used to get annoyed because every time I would come home, I'd go to the bank, I'd go to the coffee shop, and I would have a thousand people tell me, oh, I saw your dad. He told me how proud he is of you. He told me how proud he is of you. He told me how proud he is of you. He told me how proud he is of you. And I never let those affirmations in because I was so resentful because I didn't know how to communicate and I didn't know how to share my feelings, but I see it. And I see it now. I see that my wife acknowledges me all the time and my friends and my kids do. And that the only person that isn't letting it in is me. I see that I have everything that I need. And the only person who gets to acknowledge me from this point forward is me. I see that you've given me tools. And you're still here with me every day in mind, body, spirit. And I can feel it. I see how much you loved me. I see how much you loved us. I see how much you loved helping people. And I see how you guided me and led me to a different path. Even while you were figuring yours out. And right before you left, you managed to beat your demons and you showed me how to do it. And I've pretended that I've done it and not fully leaned in and leveraged every ounce of teachings that you gave me. So dad and everybody listening to this, thank you, dad. I love you. I'm sorry. I miss you. And I'm proud to be your son. And I am proud to be the man that I am. To continue to build myself. And be an example for my family. My friends, my team, and the world. Yeah. Yeah.
So my father and I had a very tumultuous relationship as a child because my parents did not get along. They fought. There was a lot of abuse around. And I would conveniently pick which parent to blame based on whichever one I was the least mad at or most mad at. And yes, my needs, my brother's needs weren't necessarily met. There was a lot of stuff, but there was also a lot of good. I always had a roof over my head. There was always food. There was a lot of stuff that was there. And I had this really strong, defiant personality as a kid because I saw other people's lives and I got jealous. And then I would take that out of my parents and I would conveniently forget the good things and only remember the bad things. And that's a pattern that's come into my adulthood. Focusing on the negative instead of finding the positive, being in the positive and trying to find a negative out, always having to have an answer, always having to have a response, um, always having to be the one talking, always having to be the one getting the spotlight. Things that I've worked on and worked through that I'm still presencing to this day. And um, I see all the patterns of my entire life back to my childhood and I see the awarenesses and the distinctions and the things that get to shift it. And, and I'm happy right now. Like I have no idea why I did this podcast. I feel really cool right now. I feel really weird. I feel like everybody ended the episode and I feel like everybody's still listening to the episode. And then I feel like I don't care what happened with the episode because I said what I had to say and felt good saying what I needed to say and wanted to say. I feel about a thousand times lighter right now. And I know my path. I know my purpose. I know what I'm good at. I know where I suck. <laughs> and I mean that with love. And I know what I want to build. I know what I want to give away. And I know what I want to give myself. And so I just couldn't have thought of a better day to do this episode. My brain is literally like recapping the last 35 minutes and wondering if any of this made any sense to anybody or if on the receiving end of this, it literally sounds like I just vomited all over the wall, 85 different thoughts, but somehow they made sense to me. I have no idea. <laughs> but what I do know is that I can, I can confidently say that I love myself, that I love my life that I love my family, that I love my team, that I love my friends, that I love all of you, and that I get to be focused on building myself into an asset and filling my tank and having my gratitude practice and staying aligned to my why so that all of this is serving whatever reason it is I want it to serve or moving me towards the vision that I want to create and build, but where every interaction is positive where it's positive, where it's light, where it's fun. And then when it's struggle bus time that I have the right people around me for the right reasons and I can share the right emotions to get the biggest breakthrough, to work together and to be aligned. And those are things I get to practice. Those are things I get to practice and I'm excited to be able to practice them. I am. And I'm also a little sad. I have some sadness in my heart right now. I feel a little bit of sadness in my body. And I don't actually know what it is. I really, really don't. I don't. Oh, I know what it is. I just figured it out when I said that. 
I have sadness in my body because I have for the past couple of months been playing small and what feels like lying to myself because I know that the, the path to something different is being different. I know the path to something different is intentionality and then energy put into that intentionality and being different. And for the last couple of months, I've avoided my feelings and I've avoided checking in with my feelings to be able to share them with those closest to me. My fear of moving, my fear of the business, my fear of my health, like all these fears. And instead, I avoided them, which meant I would just talk about them and talk about them instead of do anything about them. And so I have a little sadness as a way of healing, knowing that I know the path and I know the answer and I've been talking about it instead of being it and then telling everybody that I was being it. And so I'm just going to be it. I'm just going to keep putting it into practice. And business is easy for me. It's the, it's the intrapersonal stuff. It's the alone time. It's the leaning into my wife, to my children, to those close friends of mine and being as connected and intimate as possible to facilitate everything and to really truly embody what it means for relationships to beat algorithms. And so I think I'm going to wrap this episode now because I don't have anything else to say. Um, if you made it this far, thank you. Uh, if you made it this far and realize I am not your cup of tea, thank you. Probably true. If you made it this far and realize I'm more your cup of tea, thank you. Either way, just thank you. If this landed for you in any way, please put it into practice. Why, gratitude, start with why, the infinite game, anything that I referenced. Zig Ziglar, lots of stuff in there. If I can support you in any way, please send me a DM. If I can help you in any way, please send me a DM. I'm going to say this for everybody listening. I'm good. I'm beyond good. I have everything I need. I have everyone that I need. I don't need anything. Somehow today's episode just turned into a diary entry. And it was one that I just publicly recorded. And I'm okay with that. And I feel like that's the path I had to take today. But wise. Wise, 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 wise. What's your why? How can you stay aligned to your why? How can you use gratitude to amplify and accelerate your why? And how can all of us continue to support each other in being in our whys and having the difference and being the difference that we get to be? Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, if you're watching this video, you've seen me the whole time. I haven't even been able to make eye contact with the camera. Thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. I love me. And now it's time for me to go love my family. Have an absolutely beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So I will see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to cue that outro. Sayonara. Welcome to the Mind of George show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com, and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening 
groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show.